back, everybody, to Catapult Your Business, where we're going to help answer one question at a time to hopefully help you grow and scale your business to propel that business to the next level. My name is Casey Clark. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Cultivate Advisors. I'm joined by a super talented advisor, also a partner within our firm that leads a big group of our advisors. I'll get to him in a moment, but he's brought a really important question, as always. He wants to know, how do you create a company that has a culture where nobody wants to leave. He's really good at this. He's got a knack for retaining folks. We've got the right expert on the call today. For, let me introduce you to Nick Phelps. Nick, welcome to the call. Casey, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here and excited to have a great conversation around culture and what to do about employees and how to keep them around. I love it. Well, we know retention is probably one of the most core KPIs there is for an organization. I mean, it's got to be one of the top. I know you're passionate about it. But Nick, how long have you been with Cultivate? Gosh. So after I exited and sold my last business in 2019, I took about six months off uh, and started with Cultivate in July of 2019. So just had four years uh, with Cultivate. Already partner level, already leading advisors, absolutely crushing it. So everybody listening, uh, excited to get into some of these details. So why does this matter, Nick? Like why, why should people, outside of the fact that we want to keep good talent, why should people even care about this and focus on this, no matter the size of the company they have? You know, I think culture is one of those things that feels very amorphous, but it actually has real bottom line implications. Um, and so when you think about your culture, when you think about retaining your employees, you have to realize that there's a big cost in replacement, right? So I think in today's modern age of the internet, of remote work after COVID and the pandemic, of all of these things, how do you keep people engaged in, in your community is critical. And the cost of replacement is just so high. So if we're not trying to figure out how do we keep people, we're just going to end up spending a whole lot of dollars in the process. I love it. I mean, right. You, they say to run the business off of data, right? We, we obviously speak to that. We're helping clients constantly, you know, build out the data infrastructure of their business so they can make better decisions and understand the growth and scale aspects of it. But most people probably don't think about that cost of getting the person out, Right. And again, we're not talking about getting the cancer out of the company, right? We're talking about you have top talent, you have a performer, they start to get poached, they start to get recruited away. Oftentimes people will say, yeah, it's money. Or a lot of times people say, oh, it's my leader. But absolutely, one of those, the third, they were kind of in the core three is what's the culture like? Do I like who I work with? Do I buy into this culture that I'm a part of? Will I keep this? Will the, will the grass actually be greener on the other side? <laughs> You know, I don't know, Nick, about you, but I know when we when we've advised clients, a lot of times what I've personally experienced is when I meet people, they're they're all about I got to build the perfect recruiting process, but they always stop the process right after they get them hired. They don't go through the training, and then they don't even go through after that to go. What's the continued development? How do I actually keep them around? What does that actually look like? So, I think for people listening in, understand this is actually just an extension of the recruiting process to keep talent. Absolutely, right. I mean, Absolutely. so what, what are it you all, seeing? Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say it all starts at the hiring process, but that's only just the tip of the iceberg, right? Um, and making sure that we're finding not just the right talent in the beginning, but then how do you foster them so that they can be their best self and do their best work and create that environment? It's critical. And that's that work you do after you bring them in. So to your point, and I've had the exact same experience both within my own companies, but also with my clients where that whole process, they feel like it's 90% recruiting and 10% afterwards. And it's honestly it's the other way around. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everybody makes that mistake and I don't know why. So again, if you're listening in, if you've got a business and you're going, yeah, what do I actually have in place for systems 
or processes or what am I doing to establish this culture where nobody wants to leave and I have this retention at the forefront of everybody's brain? Listen in. That's what we're going to dive into. So let's get into a little bit more about like what, what do you think is most important here, right? If you were to drill this down to a couple of clear concepts that you're constantly bringing to clients, Nick, what would those things be? Yeah, you know, so let's start at the tip of that iceberg, right? We do talk about hiring. Um, and with a lot of clients, particularly those who are listening to this podcast right now, you might have heard us talk a lot about ICP, right? Which would be like our ideal customer profile. I also like to think about what's the ideal uh, employee profile, right? Who do we want to bring into our company? And that's okay if that has changed over time when you were just a solopreneur and, you know, started to hire your first two or three employees. And then as you become a you know larger employer and might have 20 or 30, it's okay for that to change over time, but it's, you have to have clarity in who you're looking for, not just the role, right? What does that person look like? We've done a lot of skill training around, um, or at least advisor training around, are you hiring for skills versus attributes? Part of this goes to that attributes, right? You can teach a lot of the skills to people, but you can't teach, you can't necessarily coach a lot of the attributes. Um, and that goes to a little bit of identifying what does that ideal employee look like. So I think, you know, the whole process does begin in that initial pay phase, making sure that you're actually bringing them into your culture in some way, regardless if it's a $100,000 employee or, a you know, a entry level intern, bringing that person off of the Zoom screen or the telephone interview into the into the business or at least having the ability to be remote with other team members and see how they fit within that culture is critical. Because if you don't have a cultural fit, it's really going to be a problem in the long run, right? Uh, unless the job is hyper-focused in one very contained box position, which almost no you know no role has that. And so it's really important to make sure that culture is a big piece right from the get-go. I love it. Yeah. So just to validate, obviously, we know we got to hire the right talent, but you're taking it one step further. And I, I'm going to use the word fit. Like what you're really going is saying, do they fit the culture, right? And there's some ways to do that. And there's some really good tacticals you just shared, right? Like in the interview process, have a way where they have to engage and actually meet some of the team if that's possible, because by doing so, you're going to be able to see that fit. Is the camaraderie there? Is the relationships forming quickly? Is it easy? That is more important than you may realize, even outside of those skills and the attributes, as you mentioned. I'm so, I'm so glad you brought that up. Are you getting the advice you need for your business from this episode? Do you want to get more than just one question answered and have it customized to you and your business? Well, Cultivate Advisors works one-on-one -on -one with thousands of business owners every day. Let them help you scale your business today. Don't just listen to this episode. Take action and go to CultivateAdvisors.com to see which advisor you get matched with and receive a free two-hour business assessment on how you could scale your business to the next level. Act now at cultivatedvisors.com. Now, I mean, I think a lot of people would think, okay, it, retention is all reactive, but you went straight to the proactive output, which I think is fantastic. So let's assume they get that proactive in place. What would be your, what's kind of the next step in your mind to help create this culture or this place where people do not want to leave? Sure. So next to me, and I feel like this comes from the top, but it actually then also comes from the bottom up which is we have to make sure that the vision and the mission are clearly articulated to everyone in the company. And my test always is not so much that, that uh, they hear me say it, but they can say it back to me, right? Mm -hmm. I need someone to be able to actually speak it back and tell me like, what is our mission? What is the vision for the company? We at Cultivate do that really great in all of our all hands meetings at Church to, to do it. With our clients, I know that it's really important that especially when we do planning sessions and things of that nature, that we're focusing on that vision, getting real clarity so that they can bring it back to their teams. Um, I know of at least two or three clients where I've recently done this exact exercise where it's like getting very clear again on the vision and always fine tuning that mission. 
how do you then bring that back into your leadership meetings? And then how does that get, get disseminated down to the rest of the employee base? It's extremely critical. If you don't align with that and make sure that everyone can live and embody that, understand the why of the company, that's going to be step one in how to not have people stick around because it's not a right fit. But if you do that properly, yeah. that's how that's, that to me is the first integral part of how do you keep people around. Well, you're really just talking about shared goals here, right? Like we're talking about creating a common goal environment. Like let's just, I think a lot of people probably listening, listening in can relate to maybe they're on a sports team or, or some type of club or group, you know, collegiately or whatever timing of your life, but you probably had a common goal that like we want to win the game or we want to win the season or, or some kind, maybe it's not even winning. We just want to achieve these stats. It doesn't matter what it is. The important part was that there was a level of impact that you chose to go after as a collective unit, Right. And the reality, I think what you're just saying is, look, you've got to make sure that there's a fit on the inbound. But then once they get here, you've got to make sure that they're able to speak, act and operate through that vision and mission. And they truly buy in and they have some type of stake in that to go. This is why this is important to me. And I can, you know, loudly share that easily, because now if you really work and spend time on that, it's hard, right? Nick? Like, it's hard. I, I struggle with it. Obviously, we can cultivate sometimes it's like. I just want to get in the brass tacks. I want to get into the weeds, get in the training, get in the details, get them going. But it's like, actually, you got to slow down and really put some, some emphasis on why is this division and mission? Why do we spend so much time talking about it? Do you actually buy into this goal? What does this even mean to you if we were to hit or not hit this goal long term as a company? You have to have that because that's what actually creates that performance camaraderie. I love that. Correct. Yeah, without... Without understanding that why and getting alignment, I think it just sets the whole relationship off on the wrong course. But, you know, once you have that, great. To me, then, you know, I always try to think about right fit coming in, alignment on mission and the overall goal. Now, what are the other components? And for me, it's like, how do you create that environment that an employee can thrive in, right? Because now you're in the day-to-day. Because to your point, it's really hard to just, you can't, you know, a, a mission and vision doesn't print money, <laughs> right? Nope. It doesn't necessarily... Uh, you know, all of a sudden make the bank account go up and everyone gets really happy. It certainly is a part of that formula. Um, but now we get into the tactical pieces of the day-to-day, right? Of how do we create an environment that employees can feel uh, both valued and that they're creating value and that they can thrive in. And there's, there's a, co- a couple of things in there that I feel are really important. Yeah, well, you, you just mentioned one earlier, right? You talked about like allowing people to get together in the recruiting process. I think it's just as important. A lot of folks are going remote, right? You got to let people come and get together. But I'm curious your thoughts on this. Like, I actually think a lot more about, at least these days in my world, I think so much more about like, it's actually not about what the company is able to do in the culture that it creates. It's actually so much more about the individual leaders and what they're creating within their teams. Like that's where the intimacy takes place. That's where the the, the daily or weekly interactions, you know, are evolving. I'm just curious what's your perspective on that? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think, you know, the, the, Frequency with which teams meet certainly should be more than maybe as a whole company, right? And you're talking to your managers and your fellow colleagues on your team a lot more frequently. You know, I do think that leaders, though, need to be able to take a step to whether it's just because they are very empathetic uh, people and they're really good at asking or they need to build it into how they, you know, their rapport with their with their employees. Um, It's important to understand what personally motivates people. At my last company, I, I think that this was one of the greatest things that we did is that we really slowed down to understand what it was that made our employees tick. When they weren't with us, what was it that they loved to do? What is it, you know, what's their why? Is it the fact that they have three kids at home and they got bills to pay? Is it the fact that, um, you know, they this is a great step for their next part of their career? In fact, one of my favorite interview questions 
Uh, I think you've heard me say this in some other stories. One of my favorite interview questions is, "What do you want to do when you're not when when you no longer work? For, like, what's next?" Yeah. And people were always shocked because they're like, "What do you mean?" And I'm like, no, "I want to know where you want to go after this. This is it's not going to be it's my building whole life. Block, I right? doubt it's, it's going to be block. yours, right? Yeah, yeah it's a building if block. That's right. If we're both here in 30 years, great. But if not, what is it that you want to get to, and how can I help you along the pursuit to get there? And when you start to understand what those components are, it actually ironically people tend to stick around a lot longer because they've never had someone so invested in their success. But you start to figure out what it is that makes them tick, both at work and outside. And now you have a really clear alignment and care for your employee or your team member. And that's huge. It's a, it's a shared vision, right? It's shared vision 101, right? Like you are, you have to understand that it's your vision as a company, potentially as the owner, but then every other person in the organization has their own vision that they're driving towards. And it's about, it's about connecting the dot of how your vision is one small piece of their macro vision, Right. And that's, that's hard to do. It takes time. It takes a lot of energy. And you've got to have a certain level of leaders, really, to pull that off, right? I mean, you've got to have a certain level of developed leaders, not just managers, leaders to, to make that happen. I know I've chatted with you before, and you've talked to me a lot about how leaders that are, they have to be good at explaining the why as well. So it's not only just understanding their why, but it's also, <laughs> you know, their ability to explain why. Can you speak a little bit more to that? Absolutely. I think... It's an, an important part of any leader is to articulate and slow down the why so that you can get buy-in from the employee, right? Um, whether anything, it's a right? task this is, yeah, on anything. This is anything. It could be a task. It could be a, here's a new part of, you know, the responsibilities that I need you to take over, whatever it is, being able to slow down and explain that why for that given, you know, task or whatever. The employee might not always love it, and that's understandable, but at least they know why something is happening as opposed mm-hmm. to a lot of times in especially in a remote environment, people think that things are just happening to them as opposed to understanding the greater reasoning. And so it's really important that both effective leaders and managers can explain that why. Um, I think that's one of the most critical pieces to getting that buy-in and creating a culture where people feel that there's transparency, right? Which goes back to ultimately what I feel like so much of this is about is trust. Trust both of the employer and leaders have in their teams and employees, but also vice versa, right? It's a two-way yeah. street. It's a relationship at the end of the day. Um, and trust is probably the most important component of that relationship. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. And I think I think you see a lot of the top performing companies. And, and you know, it's not always easy to look at the, the mecca organizations and drill that back down to folks that are, like you said, maybe 10 to, you know, 50 or 70 employees. But if you look at, like, all the benefits they put in, I think people are like, oh, they're just offering benefits. That's how they upshine. It's like, no, they're probably actually listening to what's important to people. And they're trying to connect things that are important um, to help, you know, provide more of a holistic approach, uh, as well as then they're coming in and, and when they have a change, when they're doing something, they're spending so much time on the trust factor of alignment so that everybody keeps swimming in the same direction, right? Because at some point, leaving is really like disengagement. Like, you know, you're all, you're all in the canoes, you're all going down the river. And it's like, you know what, I'm going to go over here and look at this tree, right? And it's like, I'm sitting over by myself, you start to get disconnected, that magic's lost, and that absolutely can slowly push people out. It goes uh, directly to something I was speaking with a client with recently. Uh, he's a huge visionary, loves to move fast, runs about a 50-person organization. Um, he's, a, he's a really fun, dynamic leader, but he likes to move very quickly. Like, oh, I got a new path. I know where we're going. And I recently did, I slowed down with the execution equation. 
um, right? Yep. Which is like the quality of idea times buy-in equals execution. Yep. And the whole notion of like, he had a level 10 out of 10 on the quality of an idea of where he wanted to go, but he had zero desire to slow down and explain the why to get the buy-in, which right. ultimately means that you're not going to no move execution. the needle, right? <laughs> yep. Versus like an okay idea with really good buy-in means that you're going to have more execution, right? And so when you can really find the companies that slow down, that have great ideas and understand the value of like, I realize it feels like I'm slowing down right now, that's because you're slowing down to speed up when you explain the why. Right. And that's where really high class, really high caliber execution comes from. I love it. I love it. I mean, no, no doubt, right? Like if you're going to make, as you start to run this company, it can't just be your company, right? You have to let other people in. I don't care if they're on the cap table. I just care that you are getting feedback and letting other people dictate the direction of the organization to the best of your ability, as long as you don't break core values and as long as you don't break, you know, the the vision and the purpose of what the company is, is, is meant for. It's a living organism if you set this up the right way. And that'll be very attractive to folks. Thanks for tuning in to Catapult Your Business, where Cultivate Advisors is helping you catapult your business one question at a time. Are you running your business or is your business running you? At Cultivate Advisors, they'll match you with an expert advisor and do a free two-hour deep dive for your business. This will give you the clarity you need on how to get your business to the next level. Cultivate has worked with thousands of businesses. What do you have to lose? So head over to CultivateAdvisors.com and sign up for your free two-hour session. Now, Nick, you haven't talked to me at all about like comp, career path. <laughs> you haven't gone down that path. I mean, this is like such a vast topic. I feel like we yeah. can hang on this for probably days and days. Totally. Probably just hitting this at the surface. But, you know, we're going to run out of time here in just a few minutes. So just curious, like if you had to drill down to maybe one or two final elements, what, what would those one or two final elements be um, in terms of people trying to really get their head wrapped around how am I going to keep phenomenal talent by keeping this amazing company culture? Great questions. I, you know, the comp piece, um, compensation obviously is important for everybody. From 99% of the employee base out there, we're not working just for the fun of it. There's also a financial reason, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't think it has to be the number one driver. Yes, you need to be competitive and having the proper other benefits are important, you know, depending upon what industry you're in. I think that we forget the, the work-life balance, the things that are the intangibles that you as an organization have that bring you. In my last company, I, I ran a logistics company, uh, for lack of a better term on it. And we used to hire a lot of uh, drivers that came from FedEx and UPS who were making at the time, you know, 10, 20, even sometimes 30% more per hour than they were at, at my business. But they were leaving and coming to work for me because they loved the culture. They liked the fact yeah. that there was more flexibility, They that we weren't, you know, yes, we held just as high standards, if not higher on the on the DOT standards and the things that they had to do in the field. But when they weren't, we really cared about them. I had an employee who had been with us for two years uh, and had been the number one Redskins fan I'd ever met. You know, his bonus wasn't more money. He actually, sure, it would have been nice, but it didn't mean as much as I gave him two box tickets to a Redskins game that he was able to take his son. That meant more to him than right. anything else could have, right? And that's about back to what we were saying, knowing your employee, knowing what they value and, and how to make them feel valued. Um, and I think that was a really core point of like comp is important, but it's not the be all and everything. So you have to continue to think about where people are and what's about important to them. When it comes to career paths, again, that's all about knowing your employee. It's important to understand that some employees are going to be just fine sitting where they are and they want to do that. They want to become the master of their task and they're okay with that. Not everyone wants to be CEO someday, right? Not everyone's looking to climb the ladder and that's fine. Uh, but it's about then knowing how do you continue to grow and expand within that role 
And what else can you do so that that can make you feel valued and that we can see you as management or leadership? And I think for those that do want to grow, you do have to be able to give them the path, right? But also give them the space. And this is where I always feel like people thrive the best. But when you can create an environment where you also can show me where there's opportunity for you to lead, right? Mm. Some people have very clear career paths. Others are like, I don't know where you're going to go, but show me where you want to go. And I bet we can make something happen. And in cultures that have that type of mentality, my gosh, you know, you'll keep employees for years and years to come. I love it. I love it. We're starting to run out of time here. You know, on my end, the, the biggest thing I hope everybody's hearing is, is really that there's a lot of elements that go into creating a culture that has performance and also retention. We're not, you know, we're talking about keeping the best talent in your organization and how are you going to stay attractive? And that can be hard as a smaller business owner. Absolutely. Everybody's going through that. You're not alone if you're feeling that right now. And I think my biggest takeaway I, that I grabbed is just, just a reminder of like in that recruiting process, that fit is just as important as the attributes and skills that are coming in the door. Um, and I think I think that's easy to, to, to wash over that and just get so like, are they competent? Are they competent? Will they be able to do the job? You know, am I going to have to rehire because they don't know how to do it? It's like, oh, yeah, nobody likes them. Ah, crap. <laughs> right. So that's that's my biggest kind of aha. Again, I've known that I've taught it. I've spoke on it. Um, but I, I feel like I haven't dived into that for quite a while. So thanks for that, Nick. Nick, any final words of wisdom you'd like to share here with all the listeners coming in? I'm going to double down on what you just said, that fit piece. It's funny when you go and you look at employees and generally the best employees I've ever hired are uh, referrals from other employees. Right. And eventually it's funny. You think that they're just going to bring all their friends and everything. It turns out actually not, not to be the case. They're like, oh, my friends are knucklehead. They're not going to actually be a good employee. They really look for similar fit. And the test that I love just for those who are like, well, how do I look for fit? I used to have this, uh, this fun um, way that I would kind of qualify people. I would say if I was stuck at O'Hare, because when do you ever fly through Chicago and not get stuck at O'Hare? Yeah. Would I want to be sitting at an airport bar for four hours with this person, regardless yeah. if they're a thirty thousand dollar you know part time admin or if they're a you know six figure you know C suite person? If they didn't pass the airport test, they didn't pass the fact that I could get stuck with them in O'Hare for a couple hours, they weren't a fit. I can teach a lot of the skills, I can do a lot of the other things, but that that culture fit. The fact that, you know, the people in the company want that person there, that's, I mean, that's a lot of the game to get them in. It is. It is. And it makes people work harder and and together as a unit, right? Because they they get along. Yeah. They want to hang out together. Um, that's exactly. absolutely part of it. Nick, no surprise, a wealth of knowledge. Uh, you're doing an amazing job helping our advisors, helping the clients that we serve, you know, live out our mission and vision. So thank you for that. Um, you know, if anybody wants to have a conversation with Nick or meet some of Nick's advisors that he leads on a daily basis, check out our website at cultivatedadvisors.com. Uh, fill out the contact form. We'll be happy to get you in touch so you can maybe get a couple free hours to pick his brain a little bit about this retention side. I know he'd be willing to take a moment to help you out. Otherwise, uh, if this is your first time listening, come on back. We've got questions every week that we're launching out. If you've been with us for a while, thanks for keeping on. And uh, as always, continue to push through that entrepreneurial journey. It is an uh, scary, but most amazing, amazing experience. And just remember to try to have fun along the way. Otherwise, we'll see you until next week for the next episode of Catapult Your Business, where we help catapult that business one question at a time. See you all next week. Mm -hmm.